Digital NLP podcast with me, Andy Smith. This week, we have a very special guest, one of the biggest names in NLP, Queen of the Lab Profile, Shelley Rose Charvet. And stay listening because right after the interview, we have a very special offer for podcast listeners. All right, so our guest today, I am very pleased and indeed honored to have uh, one of the world's leading NLP trainers and lab profile expert, uh, motivation and influencing expert, Shelley Rose Chavez. Hello there. Uh, I just want to make one little correction, Andy. I am the queen of lab profiles, if you don't mind. The queen the of lab queen profile, of, lab of course profile. you are. I can't think of another candidate for that. So, uh, so definitely, uh, I will bend the knee to you on that one. That I didn't know that this was an audio recording, and I have my on, and I look gorgeous. So, if you're listening to this, folks, I actually look gorgeous. So I want you to imagine that in your mind's eye, a gorgeous, well-made-up Shelley Rose Charvet. There you go. Over to you, Andy. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that because um, I saw Shelley on the video before we started the interview. She does indeed scrub up lovely, um, hair looking great, makeup looking great. Unfortunately, uh, I look like poo because um, I knew it was going to be an audio interview. Uh, so unshaved, sweaty because it's about 32 degrees here and um, also slightly jet-lagged, so uh, I vetoed the video interview for that very reason. Bye. So we're just on audio. Um, we'll, we'll do a video one an, okay. another time. Right. Huh? Okay, so Shelley, um, first thing I want to ask, because I know you, you jet around the world quite a lot, uh, where are you at the um, moment? I'm in Canada, uh, house-sitting for a friend, about to move into a brand new place. So I'm in uh, Burlington, Ontario, which is an hour outside of Toronto, on the way to Niagara Falls. And I'll be moving to Hamilton um, in a new downsized uh, townhouse since I sold my big old farmhouse last year. So that's where we are. Okay, cool. So. I usually ask my uh, my guests um, because I often don't know, even if I've known them for years and years, and, and mm -hmm. we've known each other for quite a long time, must be at least 10 oh, or 12 yeah, years. Uh, I, I know you did uh, a session for the Manchester NLP group. I have a suspicion you might have done one for the Richmond NLP oh, group. Oh, yes, I've done uh, several, actually, yeah. for both of those groups. Yeah, but if it was when I was there, it must be at least um, about 20 oh, years ago. Oh, could have been when I started that. I'm <laughs> old! All right. Yeah, we both are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this has started off on a great <laughs> foot, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> so, what I often don't know about my uh, star guests, even if I have known them for years through the NLP world, is... How did you get into NLP in the first place? Uh, it was a bit of a fluke, actually. Uh, back in 1982, I had become a uh, trainer in a Parisian-based uh, training company. And we taught speed reading and communication skills. And I did a lot of conflict resolution seminars and speed reading because we did a lot of that. And my boss and I encountered someone who was talking about NLP and she gave us a workshop with a bunch of other people for a weekend and we fell in love with it and then we went on one of the very first practitioners French training company and it, it's quite different NLP how it's taught in France than how it's taught in Britain or America okay, uh, it's more structured it's you really have to set it and when I was a trainer and a consultant 
working for that company, we always set a frame, like what are we talking about? Definitions of terms. What does this include or not include? But one really funny thing happened at the very beginning of the practitioner when we were uh, learning about representation systems. Uh, Alain Carroll uh, and Josiane de Saint-Paul were the trainers, and Alain was telling us about visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. But we're in France. And so someone had to ask that question. Well, what about olfactory and gustatory? And Alain Carroll looked at the group. There was one other American woman and myself, English speakers, looked at the group and he said, well, you know, those senses aren't very highly developed in America. I've never forgotten that one. <laughs> so there's the French explanation as to why we have three major representation systems. That, yeah, and uh, having lived in France for uh, six years now, I can see how that will make total mm -hmm. sense. Definitely. <laughs> okay, um, so you went on from there. Uh, how did you get from there to specializing in the lab profile? Well, um, I took a practitioner and I in my work immediately loved NLP as a trainer doing interviews with uh, participants, uh, crafting my interventions. I thought it was marvelous. Uh, specifically the, the focus on solutions, the focus on outcomes and how you get there rather than delving into problems. I think that's one of the absolute most uh, mind-bending switches that NLP has really uh, brought to the world. And when I did my master practitioner, uh, we came across these things called metaprograms. And at that time, uh, metaprograms were taught, the whole full caboodle developed by Leslie Cameron Bandler, and everybody's been throwing everything in up the kitchen sink since then and they have these Shelley can I have a guess uh, can I have a guess at how many there were was it like 42 of oh, them something you mean like the that? meaning of life no and the universe and everything there was 60 it was <laughs> like an outrageous number <laughs> 60 and they were about the person and you kind of just had to guess when fact there are two kinds of toward and two kinds of away from there was toward and approaching so that here's the difference and you it's mind-bogglingly hair splitting if you ask me Toward is where you're looking and approaching is what you're doing with your feet. And then there was two kinds of away from. There was away from and avoiding. So therefore, again, um, uh, away from was where you were looking, like you were looking to move away from something and avoiding is what you did with your mm -hmm. feet. And it, like, it was fascinating to me and quick at the same time. And then while I was uh, studying the master practitioner, the institute that I was working with at the time, Repair, and I'm still working with them today, had purchased a program from Roger Bailey called the Language and Behavior Profile. And they asked me to be on the team to translate it. So I actually made the first translation of Roger Bailey's original Language and Behavior or Lab Profile model. So that's how I got into it. And I was using it in my work everywhere as a training courses in it. And I think I was motivated by this question going, I wonder what else it can do. I wonder what else it can do. So that led me to really exploring all the possible uses of it. And I was waiting for someone to write a book on this fantastic tool. Because for me, the big difference between the lab profile and meta programs is a method. The lab, uh, the meta programs, there's many of them, and they're, they're, it's about you as a person, it's identity level stuff. Whereas we know from research and testing over and over again, is these triggers, these patterns actually change from context to context. And how people are at work uh, is not necessarily what they're like 
when they're doing their grocery shopping or looking for a partner in their love life or being on vacation. These patterns shift all the time. And the big difference is that Roger created a method. He designed questions that no matter what the person answered, you could pick up their pattern if you were trained. And then he also designed the influencing language or the language you use to go to that person's bus stop. So for me, the lab profile was a revelation in how you work with people. And I was waiting for someone to write a book and nobody did. So I eventually did that after I came home to Canada from France. Okay, that book being Words of yes, Change Yes, that was Minds, the very right? first uh, lab profile book. Yeah, I've written a few more since then, but that was the very first one. Okay, and um, I would say to any listeners, if you really want to understand uh, lab profile or indeed uh, meta programs, I guess, uh, that is a very, very good book to start with because it's, unlike many NLP books, actually, it is very readable and very entertaining and easy to understand and practical. Thank you, Andy. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to that book up in the show notes as well, I think. Um, now, it seems to me that uh, I don't know whether it was uh, your book or whether it's the lab profile in general seems to have had a big effect in NLP as a whole as to how meta programs are taught because by the time I did my master practitioner in 1996 the meta program material was very similar uh, to the lab profile it had been reduced down to about 14 patterns I think but uh, I was certainly struck by the similarities between that and uh, the lab profile as, as presented in Words That Change Minds. I think the book did have a big impact on how NLP institutes teach meta programs because it was so much more practical than the uh, 60, mo 60 pattern model with no uh, methodology. Uh, however, um, I have uh, made a big effort in learning how to teach this material. And since 1998, I have been running the Lab Profile Consultant Trainer Certification Program to teach people how to use the Lab Profile because the patterns are really interesting. And I want, I'd like to give some examples of that in this interview a little later. But when yeah, you're please. teaching the Lab Profile, you need to respect the way that people actually live and experience their lives as measured through lab profile in different contexts. And what we actually do is we are operating from more than one pattern simultaneously. So that when I actually teach people uh, the trainer level, we teach them how to recognize, notice, and work with pattern combinations and sequences of pattern uh, uh, combinations. The modeling applications of this are fantastic. So you can actually model how people do skills you can model how customers behave when they come into your retail or online environment how they make purchasing decisions so i actually help companies who don't know nlp or lab profile how to identify the patterns in each step of the buying sequence and how to tailor their messages and processes to meet so the so the the lab profile pattern can change from step to step the customer's lab profile um, behavior that they're exhibiting can change from That's step right. to step. That's right. Like they process. may start off, let's say uh, you want to buy a new car. Well, what's the trigger that makes somebody want to buy a new car? Well, sometimes their car breaks down. I'm just taking a consumer example here. So what patterns are they in? Well, 
they're in away from because they're probably noticing all the things wrong with the car. They're probably fairly internal at the same time, which means they decide that that's too much. They can't stand it anymore. They've got to go buy a new car or they've done the math. So they inside themselves, that's internal rather than external, which is influence from the outside, would be the very first step in somebody buying a car. And then, so the second step, which is uh, maybe thinking about what you'd like to have in a car, uh, that would be more reactive because you're thinking about it, maybe more options because you're considering possibilities, and more toward is that you're thinking about what you want and not what you don't want. So you can see just in those first two steps, uh, what the person is doing shifts, and therefore what combination of lab profile pattern shifts. Right. And you can take that all the way through the buying cycle. At some point, maybe they go external to find out what people say about different kinds of cars, right? Who's saying what? Yeah. And, they, and they're more proactive because now they're out there doing research. So external, proactive, to find out what the options are. So they're still in options mode and seeing what meets their criteria, which would be also a little bit internal. So you can see, you can actually use this as a modeling tool to decode how people do things. If you have behavior, you can decode it into lab profile patterns. If you have attitudes, right. you can do it too. Okay. Um... Yeah, so this is uh, this is exciting, and um, it's just as when I uh, read your book originally, it kind of ticked the box, uh, which uh, said to me, uh, "Okay, this isn't about putting people into boxes. This isn't saying that people always behave in the same way because they demonstrably don't. Uh, they've got choices in certain situations, even if those choices are kind of automatic patterns that they go through. We can respond differently to different situations. We're not just like." robots that only behave one way um just say yes that's entirely what attracted me to the lab profile it's not about putting round pegs and square holes it's recognizing how rich and creative people really are so i quite often ask my interviewees as well uh what's been one of your best experiences of nlp you know i think uh, thanks to being interested in nlp i have met some extraordinary people around the world who are doing extraordinary things with NLP. And I would never have met these people or had the kinds of inspiring conversations that I've had uh, unless I got involved in the NLP community. So that's been, and, and the kinds of things we talk about at a meta level truly help me understand what is happening in the world and how I can participate in a positive way and how I can you know, really make a contribution. And I think it's because of the community. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, you do meet some amazing people. Um, so if there was one thing that you wish you'd known when you were starting out with NLP, what would that one thing have been? Uh, I thought about this question, Andy, and thank you very much for sending the questions in advance. <laughs> yeah, we're not just making not this just up, folks. It up. We um, had a chance to think about it. Um, what I wish I'd known when I was starting out with NLP, I wish that I had known that this was a community that needed building. Uh, you see, I have a degree uh, in a field that, you know, if we thought about it, would never really have existed. But I'm not going to go into that now. It's a, it's a field that was based on a misunderstanding that happened in the future. 
my undergraduate degree had large components of community development. Now that part still exists. And if I had realized that this was a community, a nascent community, uh, with a new methodology that they wanted to promote to the world because of its effectiveness, uh, I would have been more proactive in, about, in thinking about how do we build a community? How do we make, take this message to the world, understand the world, and get to the world's bus stop and invite them on our bus? How would we do that? as a community. So it would have been an internal thing first, not lab profile internal, but internal to the community. Let's build a NLP community. Because I think there's been so much infighting and, and so much mutual hatred societies. And at least in the past, I know there's some positive steps that I want to talk about as well that are happening now. That's what I wish I had known, that I'd realized it was just a baby community and needed building and I would have thought more about how to contribute to that and, and participated in that. Uh, yeah, I can certainly agree with that, I think. Um, however, here we are. Um, so what are you excited about in NLP now? Um, there's several things. Uh, neuroscience has finally caught up with NLP. Yippee! So <laughs> now we can find out like when someone is mirroring a matching, what happens in the brain? So when someone's reframing something, it shows up in the brain. There's all kinds of things happening in NLP uh, that are now reflected in uh, neuroscience that can be proven. And the other thing that's happening that many people don't know about, but there is now a whole body of scientific work uh, published in peer-reviewed journals that I hope uh, everybody will be hearing more about in the, in the next few months. Um, and one website that they can go to to find out more is the nlprnr.com, www.nlpr, the letter R, the word and, A-N-D, R.com. That's the NLP Research and Recognition site. And there you'll find a lot of research that's posted. So that's the second thing where it's all posted, the neuroscience, the research. The third thing I'm really excited about is the NLP Leadership Summit, uh, founded by Michael Hall, uh, Heidi Heron from Australia, and I believe Frank Puselik as well. Uh, it's a gathering where we meet at the NLP conference in London, and then every other year uh, we meet somewhere else, usually in Alicante. And these are uh, NLP trainers who have been in the field at least 15 years, thinking about where is the community going, where is NLP going, and the next meeting coming up is in January in Alicante in Spain, and there will be people from around the world coming, and uh, the NLP Leadership Summit is kind of an invitation only, but you can go to the NLP Leadership, dot, uh, NLP Leadership Summit, I think .com or .org, I can't remember at the moment, and look at the values and the principles that you need to agree to. And if you meet the criteria, you could become a member. What we're trying to do is actually take the leaders in the field to do some community building and to look at where have we come from and where are we going. And these are slow conversations. They involve a lot of people. We uh, talk together on uh, email about different issues that come up. Uh, I'm involved in a couple of uh, subgroups there. Uh, one called the media response group because when the media says crappy things about NLP, we need to have an official response. So we developed a process for that. 
but there's a research committee, there's a, all kinds of subgroups committing to, uh, committing to doing different work. And I think this is a wonderful thing to happen and, uh, and a wonderful gathering. And it's one way I get to meet all my friends in the same place. So all my NLP okay. friends. Okay, well, I will definitely check that out. Uh, we'll put a link to that site on the show notes as well. And in fact, the NLP uh, research and recognition project as well. Great, thank you. Okay, um, so can we talk a little bit more about the lab profile? I'd love to. Because, um, you know, since you're known for exploring it and since you are in fact the queen of it, um, We've kind of talked about what it is, certainly from an NLP point of view, that it's a more usable version of metaprograms. Um, but maybe you can say a bit about what you can do with it, what the applications are and why it's so well, great. Um, one of the things that is really wonderful is that just about anybody can be taught to use it because it makes sense. So. I teach it and a number of the certified consultant trainers, and there's 500 of them now in 30 different countries, uh, teach it to uh, just as general influencing and persuasion courses. But of course, it does a lot more. We have people that are specialized in using it for recruitment. So uh, the lab profile can be part of a recruitment strategy. For example, and I've, I've done a big case study uh, in the second uh, lab profile book, The Customer is Bothering Me, um, that comes from Irish Fairies. They did a whole recruitment and culture change project using the lab profile. And when I say Irish Fairies, I mean F-E-R-R-I-E-S. <laughs> Not like leprechauns. Or... Not little people in the woods. No. So, yeah. And what you can use it for is recruitment and large group culture change operations. Now, in recruitment, it's not the be-all and the end-all. It doesn't do everything. You still have to filter for knowledge and skills. But what you can do uh, when you're trained, and there's people who specialize in training other people to do that, is you can uh, decode into lab profile patterns the major tasks in a job and the context the person has to fit into. And then you can write ads that only attract the right people. Like here's a hint, for example, if in the job you're recruiting for, you need people who are really gonna be proactive and going out and making things happen, then uh, in your ad, you can use language that only attracts proactive people. And you can actually test for that, ask them to phone. You see, someone who's uh, more what we call in lab profile reactive, that means they're more thoughtful, they think things through, and they, and, and they wait before they act. Whereas our definition in lab profile of proactive is jump in sort of without thinking. If you want somebody that's more proactive, then ask them to do something. And you're already doing a triage. So first of all, in recruitment, you can use it to attract the right people and turn off the wrong people. Secondly, uh, you can use it to screen your shortlist. So let's say you've got your shortlist who answered your ad uh, and you've screened them for knowledge and skills and background. Well, then you can take them and actually do a profile and see who comes closest to the lab profile. And recruitment is really important because if you have the wrong people, uh, your business can really suffer. And I think anybody who has hired uh, someone that didn't work out or got a business partner with someone who didn't work out can attest to that. So that's one way to use lab profile. 
And now there has been developed uh, different profiling tools that are available in many languages. One is the IWAM, uh, the uh, Inventory for Work and Motivation, and that's at www.jobeq.com. Yeah. Another tool, uh, these are tools developed by other people, yeah. is uh, Identity Compass. So it's identity-compass.com. And then there is, come on, brain, Jaap Hollander's uh, tool, which is available in English, French, and Dutch. And MindSonar, mind-sonar.com. And wow. they're, none, none of them are identical to the lab profile, but they all have lab profile components in them. And they can be used uh, for hiring. And right. One of the things about the IWAM is that you can actually do a model of excellence with the tool. And... Uh, then uh, know what you're hiring against. And they have developed, because it's been around so long, uh, cultural norms. So in the context of work, because uh, that's what the tool measures is the general context of work, uh, you can be compared to other people of your nationality or where you live, et cetera. So they actually have norms and they uh, uh, promote a research using the IWAM. So recruitment's one. Sales is another uh, application of the lab profile and right now and I'm very excited to talk about it uh, one of my students and graduates of the lab profile consultant trainer program and the master consultant Andreas Kleenegger from Austria he's been a sales trainer for many years and he and I have developed a sales trainer platform for independent sales people to offer blended learning solutions based on the lab profile to integrate into their live sales training because as we know I mean Companies are now spending more and more money with on blended learning solutions and online solutions. So we are in the process of creating, and we've done most of the filming and most of the editing, of lab profile applied to sales. And so we're going to be looking for uh, independent sales trainers who want to become a member of our platform, and they're going to be able to stream lab profile training to, directly to their uh, companies and their um, participants in a variety of different ways in order to increase their revenue and make sure that they don't get knocked out of the competition because of all the things that are going online. So that's something that we're doing now that's very exciting with the lab profile. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so uh, just going back to the recruitment very briefly, um, it, it can, the lab profile can still be used kind of informally or conversationally uh, in a job interview and the questions don't seem weird from a, an interviewee's point of view. So even if you aren't using um, these assessments and software suites, uh, if you're hiring somebody to join your team, for example, uh, th there are easy questions you can ask uh, just to make sure they fit uh, the, the profile that you want. That's right. And um, the, so the first part of that is to figure out what is the profile of the job you're looking for. And, and sure. in both of the first two lab profile books, there's technology, and I'm not here to just vlog my books. I mean, I think no, they're no. a $20 investment or no, something, no. but uh, it actually gives you the process for identifying what is the typical lab profile pattern. It's worthwhile learning that. And then um, the profiling sheet is in the back of the book, and you can ask those questions applied to the work context that you're talking about. And it, it'll make your recruitment guesses better. You know, the problem with recruitment is it's like getting married after two dates. You know, you know there's, <laughs> you want to have some rigor in that. 
say you I've done that, do. but that's yeah. not entirely true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just I've just been um, involved in writing a, a very long article about uh, how to hire for how to hire emotionally intelligent mm. talent, and uh, actually I, I reference your work quite a lot in there with uh, with attribution, oh, I should say. You. And uh, it's um, yeah, it it's not easy to keep. Uh, your own psychological bias out of uh, the recruitment process, but I guess if you ask those questions uh, and record the answers, then the answers are going to give you a pretty clear indication. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, so uh, what are you working on um, right so now? So the sales trainer platform is a whole new way of having people in a specific context learn lab profile. The other program that I'm working on right now with another business partner um, it is called the Advanced Business Communication Diploma Program, and it's part of a whole new initiative. I'm founding an institute in the process of doing that right now called the International Institute for Influencing, and our vision is to be the number one resource for women who want to uh, dramatically improve their leadership capabilities through communication. And this Advanced Business Communication Diploma Program is a six month online program, 15 minutes a day. And it uses a lot of NLP, it uses a lot of lab profile, and it's designed in really small chunks of about a 10 minute video plus an action step to get people to dramatically enhance their skills right away in the work environment, whether they're um, solopreneurs, managers in small businesses, or managers in big businesses. And they want to go places. So this is specifically designed for women. Uh, and I think the moment has come. I really think the world needs more women leaders right now. And I'm happy to be contributing to that. And I'm very excited about both those online programs. Wow. Yeah, uh, that does sound uh, impressive. And also uh, a little 15 minutes a day. Uh, that gives you some sort of action step that you can do is seems really well tailored to uh, today. It is, you know, we I see this as like an MBA in communication, only better, because you don't have to give up large sections of your life and huge chunks of your paycheck to go do it. You can do it wherever you are, 15 minutes a day. And you know what, if you your career, your work is important enough, 15 minutes is nothing. Anybody can do that. You know, what, what's interesting is we're getting a lot of men interested in this as well. Uh, we're designing it for women, but I really want to help people communicate better. And I think it's really right now in where the world is for us to get better at uh, understanding and influencing situations in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, there's one more thing that uh, I want to ask you about, uh, which you've mentioned to me in the past, which uh, when I heard about it, I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is amazing and potentially could uh, revolutionize communication or at least uh, influencing, which is uh, you've got some kind of program, haven't you, that analyzes people's emails and finds lab profile Yes, indeed. That. This is one of the developments over the last few years. I've gotten into software. I can't believe I'm mm. turning into a geek, but anyway. Uh, my husband uh, and I and my brother, who uh, is a professor of computer and electrical engineering, we uh, founded a software company. It's a startup. And we created a piece of software called Libretta, 
why libretta? Libretta is, uh, you have to make up words because all of the URLs in the planet have already been taken for real words. So you have to make up words. Well, a libretto, as you probably know, everyone, is the text or the story behind an opera. And libretta, with an A, is the story behind what people are saying. And now with voice to text, we can analyze anything. So we have developed a piece of software along with computational linguists, artificial intelligence scientists, uh, that actually analyzes the structure of language that people use to identify six different uh, lab profile patterns. And in 2016, we uh, received two US patents for this technology, which is just fantastic. The patent uh, process itself is really quite complex. And we work with a fantastic uh, lawyer and engineer. And what this, what I'm really excited about is what the software does. It's a piece of software that can be embedded anywhere. We just need a bit of programming to attach it. It could go in salesforce.com. Uh, uh, we did an experiment where we read hundreds of people's Twitter feeds and identified their dominant pattern when they wrote in Twitter. You could use it in Facebook, except the problem is people keep posting other people's articles and what they ate for lunch, so there's nothing to analyze. But we can analyze the structure of anything, and it's scientific. So we've currently embedded it in Outlook for Windows. If you have a Mac, it doesn't work yet because uh, Apple is a pretty closed system. But if you have Outlook, um, it can be embedded. And when you get one of those emails where you go, oh, my God, I better think about this, like where there's possible negative consequences, uh, you can use Libretta to identify the major patterns, even if you don't know, even if you don't know lab profile. And it gives you for suggestions for phrases to use and not use. Now, it can't change your personality. It can't tell you what you should answer. You have to figure that out for yourself. It's not, you know, uh, uh, it's not a huge robot of tells you what to do. What it yeah. does is help you shape your answers so that you go to the other person's bus stop, so that you phrase them like they think. Here, let me give you an example. So let's say you receive an email where a person is very upset and they're about all the problems that are going wrong and they're, they need a solution. Well, if you don't use their language, and what will probably come up from Libretta is that they're very, uh, that the motivation behind that email was mainly internal and, and away from. If you use toward language about, here's what I suggest so that you will get this benefit from that it's a complete mismatch so what it'll do is after you type your answer it will analyze your answer and test it against the incoming email and give you a fit score how well does it fit and it'll show you uh, what kinds of phrases to do more of and less of so that you it's better and when you see the light when it goes green and it's 50 percent fit score or better it's good to go the third way you can use it is you can cut and paste any text into uh, right now uh, in Outlook, and it'll give you feedback on how you're coming across in terms of metaprograms. And we can measure toward away from internal, external, and options and procedures. And what we're looking for is what is dominant in your text, because people use all kinds of patterns inadvertently and throughout their text, and none of that really matters. The only thing that really matters is what's dominant in the text. And it tells you what was motivating the person when they wrote that. And of course, with voice to text coming up now, it's really exciting the possibilities of, uh, of what Libretta can, can do.
Oh, wow. Okay. So I can see this, this would work uh, beautifully with email because you do get uh, a moment to think about it before you reply. You can take as long as you like. Um, so in the future, presumably there's going there could be some 2.0 version where this little robot is actually whispering in your ear or giving you a heads up display as you're in the middle of a spoken conversation. You know, imagine, you yeah, exactly. Imagine the potential when you have uh, contact center people when they are receiving chats or uh, live uh, communication over the phone that it gives them hints about how this person thinks, what motivates them and how they make decisions. I mean, instead of people screaming at call center places, perhaps they'll actually get their needs met. You know? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? So that's what I'm really excited about. And what people probably don't also know, a few years ago, and it's not been updated, but it still works on the same iOS, is uh, we created a uh, lab profile iPhone app and uh, for a specific market. And the name of the app is called Husband Motivator, all one word. And <laughs> it's an app. You need to download it in uh, Wi-Fi because it's a very big app. It's got three videos in it. And it enables you to figure out what motivates your husband or anyone actually, you could put anyone in there and uh, in different contexts. So it really does reflect the richness of using the lab profile as a tool to understand the richness and the creativity of human beings. So you can put in different contexts and uh, uh, identify not only what's motivating your husband or anyone else, you can uh, also get a formula of if you want to convince them or motivate them or be more persuasive, how do you do that using their motivation triggers, their lab profile motivation patterns, and actually say something that they're more likely to listen to and take seriously? So all that's built into a little tiny app. And we've got some funny videos in there because we want to be amusing at the same time. So there you are. Uh, yeah, people like funny stuff. <laughs> um... Okay, so as we come towards the end of the interview, uh, you know, I, I like to give our listeners something they can actually take away and use straight away. So uh, you had a great tip for recruitment ads earlier, where if you want a proactive person, get them to phone rather than write. Is there something that from the lab profile that uh, people could use straight away that you'd like to share Absolutely. with us? Absolutely. Uh, and this is for just about any communication situation anywhere. And I think a lot of people already know this intuitively. And I, I want to put some words on this. If you imagine that everyone is internal to you, that means they want to decide for themselves and they don't want you to tell them what to do. My suggestion is if you imagine that and you use what I call the language of suggestion or the language used with internal people, especially with your family, but also close colleagues and clients, et cetera, this will enable you to instantly have more credibility and more rapport. And here are some of the phrases, and I think you already know them. Instead of saying, I think you should do this or you should or what I want is, in my opinion, it's better to use this kind of language. May I make a suggestion? Or here's what I think. What do you think? Uh, I would recommend this. Or the evidence shows that this works. What do you think? And you invite people to decide for themselves. So that you use the language of suggestion and invitation and stop being definitive. I love to be definitive. There's so many things I'm definitive about. But it doesn't help people buy in if you tell them what to do, because sometimes even being enthusiastic 
makes people more skeptical. Like, you know, if somebody says, oh, if you see one movie the whole year, you got to go see this movie, <laughs> you know, and you go and you go, well, it was okay. But, you know, we don't like other people to decide for us. So if, as a matter of course, you shift your language from, I'm enthusiastic, therefore you should be, to, I'm enthusiastic, what do you think? Uh, that kind of language where you give people information and invite them to decide for themselves. And a very practical tip is, if your market, if you have a website, if your market tends to be pretty internal and they don't want to be told what to do, they want to decide for themselves, a call to action doesn't work. What you need is an invitation to action. It's a little more subtle. Click here to learn more, or would you like to learn more? Instead of, action now, the window is closing. So make sure that what you do is invitational and not demanding or enthusiastic well, see, I love to be enthusiastic, but it's just for me. You invite people to decide for themselves, particularly with your life partners. The car needs fixing. No, it doesn't. How about, I suspect the car needs fixing. Shall we have a look at it together and see what we think? I mean, that's more inviting. What do you think, Andy? Uh, I think that would definitely uh, definitely work on me. Yeah, I'll... Uh... I'll make sure, uh, make sure my wife. Oh yeah, because to she needs interview. to change what she's doing. Is that the message? Uh, of course she does, and I don't need to change at all in any way. Well, that's great. Anyway, that would be my big tip. That's that's wonderful. Thank you, I, I, and uh, that's something that people can take away, try out, and of course, don't take Shelley's word for it. Try it out yourself. Absolutely. See what you get. Thank you very much, Shelley, for that great interview. And we'll put the link up in the show notes to the online lab profile practitioner program where you as a podcast listener can get a very substantial discount for the next couple of weeks. So thank you very much, Shelley Rose Chave. Have a great rest of the day. I guess it's about lunchtime in Canada now. Oh, yes. Good. Another meal coming up. Yum, yum. Thank mm -hmm. you, Andy, very much for this. Okay. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have you back at some point in the future if, you, if you'll... Uh, if you'll be uh, our guest That's again. That's lovely. You have my back. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you Bye, all. Bye. Bye, everyone. So there's our interview. And during the interview, Shelley mentioned the online lab practitioner program that will teach you how to recognize people's patterns and what to say to motivate and influence them. Now, is this right for you? Only you can decide. You can take a look at the program at nlppod.com slash lab. And if you decide you want to go ahead, use the code andysmith50%. That's a numeral 50 percentage sign. Use that to get a 50% discount when you sign up. This offer is valid until September 16th, 2017. See you next time.